I used to, when I was with Flatford Mill, uh, the workshop at Flatford Mill, I used to say to people, think of, of my hand as a, as a fly buzzing round. You never predict where that fly is going to be. You can't. If you look at a fly buzzing round you, you can't predict him. That's why they can, you can't catch things. Hello and welcome to episode 94 of Colin Bradley Artcast. I'm Stephen Bradley. And I'm Colin Bradley. How's it going, Dad? Uh, I'm very well, mate. Uh, yes, it's going well. It's good to I'm, be here. It is nice to see you back. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> After a couple of Skypes. Yeah, it's good to yes, be Yes, it's nice, nice to be face-to-face again, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Are you good? I'm good, yeah. I had my, my few days away. Last of time course. Last time there, I was I yeah. on my way out, wasn't I? Yeah. And, yeah, we had a few days away in Brighton. It was lovely weather uh, down there and uh, out and about. Good break. Really enjoyed it. Yes, it was a nice break. Nice to be back, though. Came back to lots well. of emails, didn't you? I did. <laughs> <laughs> pages and pages of them. And it took me yeah. a little while to get through them all. Well, we had a lot of, you had a lot of feedback to give as well, didn't you? A lot of, I, I a lot did. of uh, critique emails. I've just, just done the last one today. Actually, this morning. I, I got up early this morning to the last one. Yeah. And, um, but they, 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 they mount up. Yeah. Just, you know, when, I, I, when I work, people know, I'm sure they do, I, I, I work on a constant basis. If I... I mean, I pop out, that's fine. But generally, I, I start in the morning, I do a couple of bits, and then lunchtime do a few more bits and so on. And, and gradually, you know, through the day, you get through it. But, of course, if you go away for a few days, they all build up, and you, you cannot believe, actually, how much you do tackle in yeah. the course of a week. Yeah, that's it. Um, and it builds up. It, it, it brings it home. But that's good for us, Steve. That's good oh, for us, and I, I wouldn't have it any other way. Exactly. And it's nice to hit the, the milestone. I was going to mention it last week that we were hitting, getting closer to it. Hit 6,000 subscribers on YouTube. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're well over that now, actually. That, yeah. that was last week. Yeah, yeah. That's fantastic, isn't it? Yeah. It really is, you know. Um, we're, we're heading towards a million and a half views as well. So it's, it's all really good news. Big milestones, big milestones. They are, aren't they? And we're coming up to it. We're only six off our uh, 100th podcast. Podcast. There yeah. was a, a chap that I uh, uh, spoke to this week, and he said he was on number 26. Of was podcast. he? <laughs> he's gone. And he's loving them. He's really he? loving them. And I thought, wow, got a few to go. Yeah. Uh, it's lovely, isn't it? Sometimes I pop back, you know, <clears throat> if I've got, not that I ever have nothing to do but sometimes if i'm browsing through i go back and listen i can't listen to a whole one but i just listen to parts <laughs> of them i think gosh you know that, that even the beginning when we started out i know we were a bit naive when we first started but they are they were they very soon took off and we relaxed we got the quickly. flow didn't we yeah we did yeah so yeah. uh yeah 100 nearly 100 episodes um but yeah that's good Okay, so uh, let's crack on to some questions this week, your questions. First one we had uh, came from Barry, and Barry says, Colin recommends on grey sand-coloured paper, but in the pictures it it looks more like taupe? Taupe, I think it's it's a funny name, isn't it? T-A-U-P-E, taupe. The sand colour that I have seen on sale elsewhere is much darker than your picture suggests, Mm. more of a burnt sienna colour. Absolutely. Um, Well, I... I wanted to include this because it is actually quite important. I've, right from the very beginning, uh, when I first 
that was introduced to the Engrais paper. I contacted the manufacturer and they said, oh, yes, it's, it's sand-coloured. This is a long while ago, remember. So I've always called it sand-coloured Engrais paper. But actually, I think sand is a misleading colour. As far as we're concerned, it, it looks like uh, you know, sand-coloured. It's yeah. a sort of fawny colour. But when because the, they put it in their catalogues, it's not really sand in the catalogue. It does look darker. Yeah. So and it's not named that. It, it's I think it's a, an 007. That's the reference number that I have when I order it. Because I don't order sand colour paper. I just order the on grey paper from a manufacturer with the reference number. Yeah. I don't say I want some sand colour paper. Uh, they wouldn't know what I was talking about. So this is the uh, this is the problem we have and the dilemma we have. I, I probably will always call it the sand coloured paper because that's what it is. But it doesn't necessarily mean it's it's actually it's really in the catalogue as a sand so, colour. Yeah, well, this it's is not listed as it, that. If you look on uh, online, there is there is um, sand which are much darker. Yes, sand coloured, and uh, taupe is quite close to to that yes. colour. So I would say perhaps to anyone out there that's ordering it not through us through mm. their own channels mm. just be aware i mean it, it's quite a noticeable difference if you look at the sand color that's right it's clearly not the same color yes. as the one that you're using but um it's worth mentioning just in case uh people are out there I, I agree with that yeah yeah so thanks barry for raising that question that's a, a really good comment and uh, one we had to uh, mention so the next one is from Stan, and he's uh, asked you about drawing trees. It, he thought there was a, an exercise coming up where you were going to be doing trees because he's still finding them tricky. Yeah, I, I was going to do that, actually. and we, we talked about it, didn't we? We were going to do a tree exercise. Um, and I'm not saying I'm not going to do it, uh, but the reason I'm kind of hesitating a little bit on this when I've got a new project that we're going to be doing soon and that is a load of trees there's a lot of trees in it a a landscape and if i think back on all the the pictures that i've done it's there's a lot of them i mean we've got 90 odd thousand views on our tree exercise on youtube yeah and you'd never miss that that's uh, you know you've only got to put tree exercise and there it, it, it pops up and that was a really really good one that's the one i would always recommend people if they were going to and you know look at trees that's um from a freebie point of view because it's not going to cost them any money and also of course we've got our all the trees on our member site yeah. castle coombe was a whole bunch of them in there and 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 the bushes too all the the shrubs and so on they're all basically the same idea you had the same principle involved so i'm really wondering whether and we've got the willow tree haven't we and the willow tree yeah and that's on the, youtube and all the romney church which is all on youtube there's so much on uh the, the site if you look for them and search for trees um that i don't know whether we actually need to i wouldn't say waste time that's probably the wrong word to it but whether it is needed to revisit revisit the same same thing over and over again where i have and will be doing another another project with lots uh, of trees with lots of trees in it yeah so for the moment i think um if we can just hold fire on that i mean i i I've got so many projects, as you know, Steve, lined up, and so many things we want to do that I don't want to waste time doing something and revisit something that we've already done. When you could uh, be doing when something. You could be, when I could be doing something else, yeah. 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 With the trees, what's the hardest thing, do you think, that people struggle with the trees? 
it's it's generally speaking it's to do with the randomness of it you know the first thing you can put on is is the green you know i usually say put 168 on the reason i say that is because if you're using the sand color paper what you have to do is to color that uh, with a with a, a strongish color so 168 is a strong mid tone green if you start putting the light colors on first of all like you know light to dark is one of my sayings but if you if you apply that to trees and you put the light colors on putting the dark colors over the top of them would be weakened by those colors underneath and you, you never get it dark enough mm. so i always say to people uh go with 168 that's a really good it's a mid- natural color green it's not too bluey because sometimes the greens can be a bit bluey and once that's on there and you put them in a random fashion rather than solid block because you've got a problem yeah. you've got to leave gaps for other colors to go in i usually then follow that with the sap green which is the uh, lighter green which is 170 I usually use that. Now, when you start using that, you want to put that in random form. That means not in any set pattern. Not just on the same colour. No, anywhere. Just flit it around. You see me, if you look at me when I'm doing that kind of thing, I'm flitting around uh, all over the place. I used to, when I was with Flatford Mill, uh, the workshop at Flatford Mill, I used to say to people, think of, of my hand as a as a fly buzzing around you never predict where that fly is going to be you can't if you look at a fly buzzing around you you can't predict him that's why they can you can't catch the things so you you do the same thing you kind of flick your hand and in in that's a good analogy it is it is it is very good and and they all appreciated that it's still difficult to do but that's the way you've got to think if you think of going one way don't go that way go another way and gradually you can train yourself to be random now having done that and put the sap green on you've now got two colors on and you should have a kind of variation of tone there not much because sap green 170 and and the uh, 168 green not a lot of difference there is a difference but not a lot but it gives you this the beginning of the color and then you can put a little bit of ochre in that also then that's the 182 i usually use there that also starts to break up the setup once you've got that you then need to darken now i usually well you always really use the 174 which is the dark green it's the darkest green we have in the faber range that then goes on the same idea by now you should have already started with the 168 tried it with the 170 you should be looking at at, um, a random design on your trees it still won't look like a tree it would just look a little lot of blotches but once you've got that in place you start to see the foliage beginning to emerge and that's when you have to start thinking about putting uh, a strong colour on. 175 is a re- usually a very good colour to, to, to use there. But that's a dark colour, not quite black, but dark. That is the one that causes a big problem. Because when you put that dot, dot here and a dot, dot there, you see, you, you could tend to make it look like bird's nests. Right. People have said this before. My trees look like bird's nests, Colin. Yours so doesn't. Is that because it stands out so no, much of the paper? it's because you've got one here and one there in a uniform fashion. Right. 
What we're looking is random fashion, okay? So therefore, what you're doing is you gradually, you can see this appearing. If it starts looking like bird's nest, all you have to do is to choose one of your bird's nests and go out from there and make it less like a bird's nest. So squiggle out of it. Squiggle out a bit and, and join one of the other bird's nests. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to explain, funny. isn't it? I know, it's very difficult. To I mean, what, Stephen, you can't see me, folks. I'm actually drawing while He's I'm doing He's drawing it in the air <laughs> in front of me. He's air drawing a tree. But you see what I mean? It's very, very difficult. And this is why people find that difficult. And that's not the end of it, unfortunately. Oh, branches in there somewhere. Because you've got to put some branches on, yes. Well, uh, I would say that if you have difficulty with trees, do that anyway. Don't worry about branches for the moment. Just practice that technique that I've showed you. Very often from a distance, you don't see, like when there's really bushy trees, you don't see that many branches, do you really? Sometimes they're just solid colours. What about the the trunks, the tree trunks? Hmm. Well, once again, as I said, if you practice the, the technique I've just said, then you do it again in another on another piece of spare paper. But this time, leave little gaps, random gaps again. They mustn't be uniform. If they're uniform, it's not going to work. It's going to look too stilted at the end of the day. Leave little gaps and carry on doing what I've done, but leave gaps. Now, when you finish putting your 175 in, uh, you'll see that you've got, you should have uh, a nice mix of colours tones really lights and darks you can then put your tree trunks in the gaps the tree right. trunks and the branches in the gaps and that's just what i use this is what i do what about the tree trunk like the, the tree the, trunk the, well the base. <laughs> it's a whole new ball game that is, is it? that, it's the same principle though you put the tree trunk in at a given time and it's usually i put my tree trunk in when i usually put the 175 when i've got the 175 in my hand putting the um, depth into the tree that's when i start putting the tree trunks in i don't put it in beforehand you can't put a tree trunk in before you put the foliage if you try that you can't put the foliage on top of the tree trunk it doesn't work very well i know people say well i'll see you do it colin i do it after that's my end product that's when i finish my tree off that's when i put the branches on Uh, sorry the the foliage over the top usually with a sharp 170 got to be sharp because you've got to dig it into uh, the uh, many different layers isn't there to doing it now you uh, i think people listening saying oh, i'm not going to do trees that's, that's too hard and it is trees are hard and the way we do trees is probably slightly easier than because there's a although i've said it's random and it's difficult there is a a, a structure to it if you were to do a tree, you do a lot of water. If you were doing a lot of watercolor trees, there's a lot of very, very good artists that do trees in watercolor, and are, would be almost impossible for an amateur to follow them. It, it, it's a matter of uh, touch and impression. It's an impressionistic tree rather than an actual tree. The way we do our trees in pastel pencil. Is their actual trees very that real. look like trees, real trees? But, and you can vary it slightly. I do very often, but because I'm in the teaching area, I have to think how are my can students going to this? do it. And they do do a remarkable job, I've got to say. I know Stan's having a problem. 
And uh, but generally speaking, when I've seen trees, a few castle coombs recently we've seen have been terrific. You know, that, those distant trees were fantastic. So there are they are possible, and I know from uh, you know, teaching this for so long now, I know that if people take the time to do uh, what I've suggested and practice, that's what you've got to do. Yeah. Okay, well, I think we've uh, <laughs> covered that. We've done trees, haven't we? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know whether people are any the wiser. What they could do, though, is listen to the podcast and then go back on one of those um, demonstrations. And then match it. Match to... it to what I just said. Yeah. It's a good idea. So, moving on. Next one's from Annie. Hi, Colin. Please could you tell me which is the best paper to print the original photograph when I'm going to use it for trace down, well, with trace down paper? Also, I'm not very good at sharpening my pencils. Could you give me some advice on the easiest way to do this? I'm really, really enjoying learning pastels. Good, good. That's great, Annie. It is. Oh, yeah, good, good, very good questions there. First of all, the colour, the, the, the printing your pictures out. Well, if you have a good quality uh, cartridge paper for your printer, uh, I use an HP. H, H, HP? HP, isn't it? Yes, it's HP. Use an Epson printer. I was thinking of HP with the pencils, but it's not an HP pencil. You use an Epson printer. Yeah, I'd use an Epson printer, but I use an HP paper uh, paper that I get from Tesco's, in fact. They're very good. That that one I found to be uh, a good quality paper. I mean, they're good for £4.50, I think it was, something like that. Do you know what gram it is? Yes, it's 80 gram, and this is the important thing. It's got to be that... uh, thinner paper because if you use the thicker paper you're not going to get the trace down i see that's the problem you've got yeah so you've got to have a good quality paper uh, to print your print off of onto rather so when you come to use it on your pastel paper and you put your your uh print trace you've down done and your trace down and your pastel paper in that order and you draw through onto your print through onto your pastel paper through the trace down you're going to get a good image if you use a thicker paper 90 gram 100 gram it's going to be more difficult to actually have that impression through because trace down is a great product uh, and then we use it now all the time but it's quite faint if you don't have the if you've got too much um thickness for it to get through so that's what I would do if you're using it for the trace down side. Now, if you were using it for reference, I would definitely print on Epsom, uh, well, not Epsom, but a uh, glossy paper. Right, I so you're printing Epsom, it off as a photo kind yeah, of thing. I use Epsom Premium Glossy on my printer, but I've got an Epsom printer. So yeah. <laughs> if you haven't got an Epsom printer, it's probably not going to say that. But that's the one I use. It's not the full glossy. I don't use a full glossy. I use a, the premium uh, on, on the Epsom. But this is what I do. I mean, you'll have to find your own, folks, you know, whatever your, your uh, printer suggests. But that setting then on the uh, glossy paper produces a really nice quality reference picture but you couldn't use that for, for transferring your, the paper through. You can't do it that way. Yeah. So those two little tips would be useful to you. It's what I do, and if it's what I do, folks... It works. Uh, it works. Okay. 
Good question. Oh, the, um, so about that? sharpening pastel pencils. pencils. Yeah, well, sharpening pencils is a little, little bit of a bone of contention. People know that I don't use pencil sharpeners and don't like using them uh, because it breaks the, uh, the pastel. So I use, a, I use a razor blade, which is my favourite, but you could use craft knives, you could use standing knives. Now, this is to sharpen, but I think Annie probably referring to, because she, she mentioned this to me previously, uh, she can't get a sharp point. She finds it difficult to get a sharp point. And what I suggested to her is, and to you folks, is you can use very fine sandpaper for this, or emery cloth, I don't know, you can still buy emery cloth, but you used to be able to get, it's like sandpaper, and you can rub your pencil, your, uh, your pencil that you've sharpened, you can rub that in and turn it round and you get a really sharp point. <clears throat> the other thing you can use is, uh, ladies have these nail files. They're not the old-fashioned metal ones, these are plastic ones. <clears throat> what you do with that is you can rub your pencil on that too and that works really well. You, you, you know, you turn it round, you get yeah. really, really sharp. Almost like sandpaper. Yeah. I don't need to do that because I can get, I can use it with my razor blade. I can get a really sharp point if people know they've seen me do it. And there's a video on YouTube. There is. Uh, but, you know, people have tried different things. and uh, um, But that is, that's what I would suggest you do. It's a fairly cheap way of doing it that way because the, these, I don't think these files cost a great deal of money. Yeah. And uh, sandpaper is pretty cheap too. It's a good alternative to use, isn't it? Because not everyone can get that technique down. No, it's it's hard to get... uh, Using the the razor blade. Razor blade, yes. Or a craft knife or a standing knife to get a really sharp point. Mm. But secret is always to turn it round as you're doing it. Because Mm. you're getting it... uh, But that's the answer to that one. Cool. Okay, it's a good question, Annie. Last one we've got here is from Denise. I'm doing your butterfly picture at the moment and I'm using the Faber-Castell Pit Pasta Pencils from a tin of 60 that we purchased. The 160 light violet that you were using on the flower petals appears to be the same colour as the one we purchased in the tin. thought I would get a replacement pencil while in Hobbycraft and number 160 is a completely different shade, similar to 138. As a newbie to pastel pencils, I'm finding it very confusing. Uh, so am I, to be honest. This That's is weird, one of those things that manif- well, manufacturers do this from time to time. They suddenly change the colour. Or change, should I say change the tone? It's the same colour, but it's a different tone. 160 is a very good example of that. Uh, the, the, the original old 160 was a very light uh, violet. 138 was a dark violet. Now, it was great because you had the two... Uh, it's a bit like having 230 in the cool grey and 233. It was the same idea. You had those two different colours, and we couldn't do without those two colours. Well, in their wisdom, Faber-Castell now produce 160, very, very similar to 138. So you haven't now got that contrast. And it does present a problem because the colour I was using in the butterfly was the old 160, my original 160. Uh, it wasn't until I saw the new 160 that I thought, oh my goodness, this isn't the same colour. But it was. The same reference number. But a different tone. But they changed the tone. Now, they, they do this for all sorts of reasons. I don't know why. I can't. I haven't got a, a direct line to Faber Castell, so I can't ask them. And they wouldn't tell me anyway. They say, oh, well, that's the way it is, sir, in German. Um, so... 
we haven't got a chance of finding out. We have to accept things. There is an answer, though, there. To anybody that does have that same problem, what you could do is before you put the 160 on, okay, which you want the light colour, you put 230 on first. Put that little bit of that on, and then when you put the 160 on top of the 230, it'll look like the, the, the same colour. Right. Because your cool grey is the same, it's, it's light and violet. I would say, if you could, which we can't, you'd mix the two together. Yeah. You know, off, off the palette, yeah. which you can't do that. It's not, it's not what's It doesn't color. work like with pastel pencils. But if you put one on first, you've got to put the light grey on first. You'd have to do it that way around. You couldn't put the 160 on first. You could, but it wouldn't look the same. It wouldn't, no, it wouldn't make the same. You've got to have the darker colour mixing into the lighter colour, folks. But so you can do it. Um, and it's not the first time it's happened. It's happened before. and But we haven't got any control over them. It, it's... They may have a very good reason for doing it. They may not have been able to find the right pigment. Anyway. Yeah. Sorry, folks. It's a good. Um, it's a good question, though, and one that we had to include because anyone out there that that might be doing yes. the similar thing, if yes. they come across that, then they know how to get around it. Absolutely. Carbothello. When years and years ago, when I was using Carbothello, I used to do it quite frequently. Change the colour. I used to think this isn't the same colour. I remember it was a. Um, it wasn't 182 because they didn't have a 182. I can't remember that. I think it was number 35 seems to ring a bell. Anyway, it was a colour that was similar to the 182 now, that uh, brown ochre that we have. And they changed the colour. I couldn't believe it. it I, I, had, I was using the colour and I bought a new one. Well, I didn't buy it when I was selling it at the time. I had a new one come in. And I thought, this is no good. This is no good. It's not the right colour. And it wasn't. <laughs> it was changed completely. From oh, no. But um, that's one of the things that happens, unfortunately, folks. You, that's what are you going to do? Well, you can't do anything about it. You can't. I said, well, I'm not going to use pastel pencils anymore because of that. <laughs> <laughs> no. So thanks, Denise, for that question. And that's all the questions we've got for this week. So if you've got a question and you want to send it in to us, go to colinbradleyart.co.uk and click on the contact page at the top. Now, I'm sure people will be thinking, I haven't heard much of Steve recently. What's he been doing? He had a very successful run at the summer season in Broadstairs. And haven't heard from him since. Well, folks, I tell you, he's, he's got something quite special he's been doing recently. So I'm gonna let <laughs> I don't know if people that. are that interested oh, in they following are my very career. interested in your career. I mean, you're, you do a wonderful job on our site and people I know appreciate it. But he's, he's got a, another job, sort of a hobby really, I suppose you could say. I mean, <laughs> this, is, this is your main job and it's David. Yeah. Um, in his acting career, but you have been, he's, 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 abs- he's been telling us these stories and they are hilarious, folks. I'm not sure he's, he's no, going to tell you all of them now. I don't think I can tell you, though. No. <laughs> but he'll tell you what he's up to. Um, yeah, so I got a, last year I did a, a stunt course uh, for fighting for screen, because if people listen way back to episode 12 or 14, they'll know that I did karate as a kid and was into mm. my martial arts. So I did a, a stunt course where you fight for for camera you learn how to fight for screen you know battle and make basically pretend fight for the camera which was a lot of fun and uh the same company that i did that that stunt course with contacted me about doing some filming for the bbc so we're doing uh filming at the moment for uh three uh shakespeare plays henry the sixth part one two and richard the third for a series called the hollow crown which was on a couple of years ago. They did mm. uh, 
the three three previous Shakespeare plays, um, and they're doing another three. And uh, they've got stars like uh, Benedict Cumberbatch is in this one, uh, Dame Judi Dench is in this one, Hugh Bonneville uh, is in this one, uh, lots of other people that I recognise that that people British probably um, British people would probably recognise more mm. than than mm. the international audience. But yeah, so we've been filming. Um, filming started last last week i think yeah last week and we've got three weeks on and off filming uh these battle scenes so i've been on set yeah. with uh with the likes of these amazing actors and just in awe of their performance mm. and uh yeah being able to fight and playing like a soldier so it's like a you know there's a lot of battles in in muddy forests and uh and all sorts of crazy stuff. It's really good fun. It's and, really and marching behind horses. Marching behind horses, which you can imagine. I'll leave that to your imagination, <laughs> listeners, of how eventful that day was. Um, but yeah, it's it's, a, it's really a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, we've got they're, they're shooting for five months, and it will hopefully be coming out next, probably a, a year. Uh, yeah, probably from now. next year. I would think they usually. Yeah, um, but yeah, it's been so much fun. Yeah, so so folks, you'll be able to see uh, Stephen <laughs> wielding his axe, <laughs> carrying his banner, and yeah. and uh, and uh, the, the one incident where you had the prisoner when you were in the. Um, the where were you actually in? Was it a court? It was in a forest. It was in a forest, but oh, like an open space. Oh, was in it? A forest. Oh, yeah. Somebody had been killed, and you had a prisoner, didn't you? I had a prisoner. And, and a sword at his throat. So yeah, that's it. That's going to be fun. And then, yeah, there was <laughs> the one bit where there's this really tight shot on the lead actress, and I think we're in shot in the background, and I've got this prisoner with a sword sword at his throat. It's not a real sword, listeners. No, it's no, a fake one. Sorry to spoil the illusion, <laughs> um, but it's uh, it was funny because I had this sword, and he had really long hair. And uh, as we were doing this scene and I had this sword to his throat, he was moving about because he's struggling. He's a prisoner. Yes. Um, and I got the sword caught in his hair. <laughs> the sword got caught in his hair. So in the background of this scene, I just had horrible visions of sure. just this really intense emotional scene at the front. And in the background, I'm pulling this sword because I've got it caught in his hair. And we're trying to get it out. <laughs> And it just must have looked like I'm giving him a haircut, yeah. <laughs> just giving this prisoner a little shave off the top. Um, yeah, so it was. Oh, it was. But you're hilarious. having a fantastic time, aren't you? Yeah. Oh, it's 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 an experience. It's the first I've done filming before, but this is the the first big production that I've I've been mm. on set for. Mm, mm. Uh, there's so many people on set it's it's crazy and it's, just rubbing shoulders with people like that steve must be so inspirational it is to see I, them actually doing the acting and the i feel so honored to to be in their presence you mm, know and to have lines mm. directed our way and, and mm. just to, to give in anything the energy that these guys have got on the focus that they have for take after take mm. after take uh, mm. is amazing mm. so yeah it's been brilliant and yeah it would be um yeah, it'll be over in another week or so. Yeah, because um, your bit's finished then, isn't it? Then our uh, bits are finished. Yeah. I think they're shooting another battle in January, which I don't know if I'll be involved with, but they shoot for the next five months, mm. these three mm. plays, yes. three three films for BBC Two. Great, great. Oh, well, there, well that's fantastic. I'm, I I know people would be interested. We were absolutely enthralled by it. We, we couldn't wait to hear all the stories and we can't wait because we've still got another week to go so there'll be some more <laughs> lovely stories i'm sure coming out yeah uh, folks but i thought you'd be interested to know that yeah it's good it's good fun 
So back to our website, the, there's uh, been a few changes. People have probably noticed if they log in, uh, members, if they log into the website, there's a new what I call mega menu at the top uh, with nice little um, icons by it and mm. uh, quick access to all the parts of the community and all the courses. And the good news is that uh, we're going to be expanding that menu out. So basically members are going to get a real snapshot when they log, log in of access to everything that they need, right. including a few extra bits that we're, we're thinking of yeah, adding in. Yeah. So there's going to be some really, really, really good functionality coming to the member site, as well as the uh, Red Squirrel, which yep. is going to be coming up uh, in the next week. That will be up there. So uh, a new animal project for people to get their teeth into good. and learn some good techniques. Um, and our YouTube paid YouTube channel, uh, four ninety nine a month, uh, has gone down very well. People Good. are starting their free fourteen day trials, which you can too if you go to youtube dot com slash pastel pencil art. You can sign up for a free fourteen day trial if you're not a member, but you just want to learn a bit more mm. about pastel pencils. Mm. Mm. Great. <sighs> thing about that covers us for this week, I doesn't think it? It does. Yes, I think we've uh, episode ninety four in the can. <laughs> Lovely. <laughs> okay, so uh, we'll uh, see you next week. Thanks, everyone, for listening. I'm Stephen Bradley. I'm Colin Bradley. Enjoy, Enjoy your week. week.